0: Success at Scale, the podcast that covers business stories from experienced entrepreneurs, business leaders, and startup founders on how to translate business ideas into business results. I'm your host, Greg Stein, and today we're going to talk with Hector. He's the co founder of e learning partners. This guy is on it, man. He's got a great energy. I'm just meeting him for the first time. I think you're going to enjoy our conversation. So, Hector, thanks so much for joining us. Please tell us about you.
1: What's happening, everybody? Greg, thank you so much for having us on this podcast. Super excited, man. We're going to have a great time. My name is Hector Simoudis, one of the co founders of eLearning Partners. And I love sharing a little bit about my story, love building that relationship right from the get go. So I'm loud and I look like I'm orchestrating an orchestra because I'm Greek. I'm 100% Greek, my friends. And believe it or not, I was actually born and raised in Saudi. Arabia. That's where I was born and raised. I've been to 39 countries. And as we get a little bit more into the podcast and I share how I even started this business with my co-founder, Johnny, a lot of connections to where I come from and how I grew up. But that's a little bit about me living in Colorado now and now have a new friend in the East Coast, Mr. Greg, super pumped. Let's go. Giddy up,
0: man. Well, welcome once again, Hector, you know, so like, tell us about like, okay, you grew up in Saudi Arabia. You're, uh, you're out in Colorado now, like tell us the journey of how this all comes together and brings us to e-learning partners.
1: Yes, sir. I, I thank you so much for asking. Love that question. So, uh, just to backtrack a little bit, my parents born and raised in Greece so they, they left Greece, they went to Chicago, were there for about 10 years. My brother and I were the first born outside of Greece, right? You know, so we're very, very connected to the motherland. Uh, and my father had the opportunity to take a job in IT at Saudi Arampa oil company, Saudi Arabia. Uh, so my parents moved out there um, in the early 90s. I was born in 91, aged myself. I'm 30 years old, let's go baby. Um, and I grew up in this melting pot of culture, right? And right from the get-go, I mean, when you talk about cultural diversity, religious diversity, just diversity as a whole, it was all there. It, it was just amazing. If I could rewind to do it over again, I would do it the exact same way. And in addition to the opportunity of, of growing up in this community, we also had the opportunity to travel to many countries around the world. I've been to 39 countries so far. Many Holy of those countries, cow. I've been to them. Wait, yeah, What are you, what are you those,
0: missing at this point?
1: <laughs> I, I know. Right. You know, it's, it's a huge blessing, Greg. You know, I mean, everything in life, I, I've not taken it for granted because I've recognized, especially through I mean, there's an, there's an education and travel that you just can't get from a book. Right. True. You know, and what I have seen from these travels is how blessed I am. And, you know, ultimately, as I'll share, you know, how I wanted to get to a point where I could give back. Right. So when I was traveling, Greg, I saw what education meant to, uh, especially in developing countries, developing communities. They weren't hoping for a snow day, right? They were hoping to just make it to school, just to afford another day at school. Because to them, education was not just a way out, but more importantly, a way for them to reinvest in their communities to help their communities thrive. I got a quick story for you. I was in Cambodia, right? I was in a, uh, we were in a tourist located Cambodia uh, with my family and all of a sudden, Uh, And there were multiple tour groups there from all sorts of countries, right? Uh, And all of a sudden, about 20 to 30 kids local to the region come running up to us, all the groups, right? No shirts, ripped shorts, no shoes, clearly in poverty. But in perfect English, we're asking every single group, where are you from? Not for money. Where are you from? And whenever the group would say the country, the kids would immediately shout out the capital city of that country. England, London, right? Greece, Athens, right? They would just shout it out loud. And we were kind of curious to learn, you know, what's going on. And the tour guide turned to us and he said, you see, these kids' education is everything. It's a way for them to leave their circumstance, but then reinvest in their communities to help their communities thrive. And I fell in love with that, Greg, because I have a lot of learning differences. I am dyslexic through the roof. I mean, it is hilarious how I mix up words and whatnot. But Again, a blessing. I had a family that emotionally supported me. I had a family that financially supported me, right? So as I was growing up in this world of academia and I was struggling, and remember, education is expensive. You got a learning difference, times it by like 20, right? You know, it, it's yeah. extremely expensive. So I found myself going to an incredible high school in uh, North of Boston, Lamarck High School, where you could not get accepted in the school. Unless you had learning differences. Right. You know, so I went to this school. I learned respected for the learning differences that I had. Remember, this not disabilities, differences with the differences that I have. Love that, by the way. You- love that. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Not a disability. It's a difference. Oh, right. Exactly. You know, 100 percent. Right. So um, I uh, I learned, you know, how to be successful in academia with the differences that I had. Ended up going to the University of Denver and met my best friend and co-founder on that on the first day I went to university. The first day I meet him in Colorado. Oh. It was amazing, Johnny Haley, uh, best friend, co-founder of eLearning. How did you guys meet? How did you meet? We were on the same floor at the University of Denver, right? Centennial oh. Halls North, floor four. I go up there, we start meeting everybody and just immediately we had a connection and we became friends, uh, you know, since. And we had classes together. We started businesses together. You know, we both had this love. for. You never know when opportunity is going to strike. You see that? There it is. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and we both loved entrepreneurship. So how did we get to e-learning partners? Well, you know, as we were doing different businesses You know, throughout college, trying different things and whatnot, we knew that we wanted to do something together and we were working again on multiple things. So when we graduated, Johnny went and worked for PwC, he's a CPA, and I was doing some odd jobs on the side, but together in the evenings, we were working together on different ideas and different businesses and whatnot. Ultimately, we said, let's go all in, let's do this, baby. We put, you know, we pushed the tips in, went all in, and here we are seven years later, e-learning partners with that big tie again to, to education, right? You know, e-learning partners in a nutshell, Greg, is- yeah, What is it? What that, is it? Tell me what it is. Sure. I'm excited. Yeah. Yes, sir. E-learning partners, what we do is we help companies successfully, successfully build, launch, and distribute e-learning programs for their employees and online courses to a consumer market, whether it's business to business and or business to consumer, online courses to them. So we are on the professional services side of e-learning. When you hear e-learning, a lot of people think learning management system, authoring tool, content libraries like LinkedIn Learning and whatnot. Those are great. We're none of those things. We focus on the professional services side. So let me give you a couple of examples. We've had a couple of chief operating officers. They knock on our door. Hector, we're looking at a lot of the inefficiencies here. One of them is onboarding and bringing the onboarding time down. Right? We need to do that. However, we have no idea how to do e-learning. It's very overwhelming. There's so many pieces to it. We know it'll save us time and money and things such as onboarding, but how the heck do we do it? And we help them figure it out. On the flip side, we've worked with a lot of founders, owners, chief executive officers. Why? Because they want to develop new revenue streams. And guess what's a high profit revenue stream? Online courses, but same thing. Hector, how do we do it? Where do we start? I'm also anxious and I'm going to get a return on investment. Maybe they've been burned in the past, right? And they need help building a high profit revenue stream through online courses. So that's what we do. We work with teams as well, Greg. You know, so we have a collaboration model. We're not here to demand and conquer and get rid of your internal teams. Most of our clients already have some sort of e-learning resource. So our goal is what learning resources do you have? What challenges are you having? And how can we help with those resources, with those respective challenges? How do we fit in? and help you either take an e-learning program or online course from IDEA all the way into the hands of your learner.
0: Wow. So are you like a consultant to help a company out or do you have an established
1: model? How, How does it work? Great question. I love this question. So love consultants. Nothing wrong with consultants. There's no but here, right? Consultants are amazing. Typically, though, what a consultant does is they tell you what needs to be fixed and they pass on the plan to you. And then, of course, they move on to their next client, right? We not only consult, we, we not only consult, but we also implement, right? Mm-hmm. You know, So we not only tell what needs to be done, but we also get it done. So we like to position ourselves as strategists. So I'll take a step back, right? So here's the really fun part. And don't take it from me. Take it from our clients. This is one thing that they've shared that they love about us. In the e-learning education world, many people that start companies are either traditional educators or technologists. Love them both. Lots of colleagues that are traditional educators and also technologists. They are amazing. What they loved about our model is that we're neither of those. We're learners. We are victims of terrible e-learning. And let me tell you something. you got to think of your e-learning, your online course or e-learning program as a business. Your course or training program is what? your product or your service. Your learners are what? Your consumers. If you are not giving what your consumer wants, they are not going to buy. If you're not giving education that matches your learners' needs, they are not going to engage and ultimately give you the return on investment, whether it be productivity, efficiency, revenue, whatever the case may be that you are looking for. So we have a learner-based model that we created because we're learners we developed it for learners to help companies with their learners, and oh my gosh, Greg, do I have stories of not small companies, billion-dollar Fortune 500 uh, companies, not knowing the basic principle of how to identify what your learners need and building programs around that? It is crazy.
0: I love what you're doing, man, and and let me go back to the thing that you were talking about before with consultants, because that hits home for me, right? Because at Triple G Ventures, we are very focused on delivering pragmatic, real results for our partners, right? And when I hear you talk about that in the very same way, it's it's the same exact philosophy. Because as a CEO, I historically, uh, prior to Triple G, I would always look at consultants and go, yeah, okay, you're just gonna tell me what I already know, or what, you know, just give me some pretty PowerPoint deck or something, and, and so what, right? but when you when you listen to, listening to you i'm inspired by the fact that you're out there actually thinking about how you can bring pragmatic results into into e-learning in companies and quite frankly in many companies it's one of the hardest problems to solve right you're sitting there going hey how do i onboard i love that how do i how do i figure out you know how to educate my customers or my partners or whatever and, and you're solving that problem if i'm hearing you
1: correctly Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. That's that's exactly what we're doing. And you know what, Greg? We put our money where our mouths are. We have guarantees. We have canceled at any times. We believe in so much that we will bring you results. We stand by it. And we'll be the first ones to tell you. If we feel like it. what you're looking for is something that we can't do or there's just not going to be a return on investment, we're going to say thanks but no thanks. Because at the end of the day, if we're just going to sell you something, guess what? Everybody's going to be pissed in the long run. It's going to come back and bite us in the butt. We don't do that. That's not the type of business that we do. We focus on what are the true problems? What are the challenges? E-learning partners, another little fun, quick story. E-learning partners, how did we come up with that name? We internally came up with 14 different names. And ultimately, through voting with our clients and community and partners, they said e-learning partners. And when we asked why, all of them said, because you're a partner. We trust you. We come to you, not just with e-learning, but all of our challenges, because we know that you have our best interest at the forefront of your mind. So yes, you're spot on. We go on there, we figure out, can we help? And if we can help, we have a solid plan. And we make sure that we get those ROI metrics that we set forth at the very beginning of the first conversation that we have.
0: Hector, this is is a beautiful conversation. So I have two key questions for you, right? Let's do it. Number one, right? where you know what is the history and the trajectory of e-learning partners and here's the second part where is e-learning partners going what's next sure
1: i love that question thank you for asking that so e-learning partners just like many businesses right you learn right so when we first started we were learning actually our first name was vp legacies right? But we learned and we pivoted and we listened to our customers and things happen and markets changed and COVID happened. All these things are happening that influence your business. And remember for all the business owners and entrepreneurs listening to this, never have the shutters closed, right? Always have them open, always be open-minded, always be able to be flexible to pivot. So Where we were, once we really learned what our clients wanted, we really learned what we were best at, Where we were providing the most ROI, we got more and more and more and more focused. So ultimately, we just specifically focused on e-learning. So that's how we got to e-learning partners and focusing on those services. The trajectory is we are really focusing on not just helping our clients from a services base. And this also goes into that second question as well, where we see the future of us, but we want to have a huge impact. Again, what is a big emotional connection here, Greg, is to me, to Johnny, to the whole entire e-learning partners community, education is the way. Education can solve all. We're big believers in that. And we live in a world today that one device and one connection could change a person's life which will change their family, which will change their community, which will change their country. The trickle-down impact of giving somebody access to education, especially in communities where it's very hard or very expensive to get education, is something that wakes us up every single day. So we believe that no expertise should go unlearned. Greg, let's take you for example. You are a wizard, my friend. Oh my gosh, you, my friend, are an inspiration What you have done and you're continuously doing in your career to the businesses, to your clients, your expertise should not go unlearned. And we truly believe that. So where are we going as e-learning partners? There is only so many clients we can work with, right? And we love them, right? But with services, you need labor to fulfill those services, which is awesome, right? We're going to do as much as we can. But even if you have a thousand employees, there's only so many people that you can work with. So what have we heard? What have we been requested for? And where do we want to keep going? Well, what if we digitized and productize our knowledge, practice what we preach, right? So what we have done and what we're going to be continuously doing and as we're growing is focusing on the quote unquote digital product side of e-learning, where we want to take our knowledge, our process and provide it to the masses. So we've developed an online course, e-learning simplified academy. We have an online course that teaches our process, right? Why? For two big reasons. Number one, millions of people can take it at once. And number two, it's also at a more affordable cost. So even if you're a solopreneur or an author or a subject matter expert or a well-established company and you just want a proven process that guarantees results, there is a course that we've created. And where we see ourselves growing and keep going is we want to keep giving. And the way that we give is by giving really high quality, remarkable content, education-based content that people can implement today we have a YouTube channel, we have a, a newsletter, we have all these things that are actually education focused. But what we're really going towards is, we just wanna keep giving and growing and helping people around the world. So what's the best way to do that at scale and be in a million places at once? Online courses. You know. So in addition to our services, we wanna see that digital product side grow and keep growing. We have our initial course and we're gonna be adding more and more and more courses and ultimately be a company in the future you need a process, you need anything e-learning, boom, you go to e-learning Simplified Academy, you get all your answers there.
0: I love it, Hector. So now let's talk more practically. We were talking about it before. So, you know, you you have this exciting opportunity. You're dealing with large and small companies, right? This is, this is amazing. You're helping people around the world, young and, and probably older too. Here's the question for you. Practically speaking, when you... Uh, look at a, a day it, as a founder as a ceo and you and you come in every day it's not always easy everything doesn't go you know right we're all positive here we're, you know but talk to me about some some struggles that you've had and oh. you know things that that you've done to overcome those
1: oh my gosh um i love this question you know i i'm a big believer this is a saying that i have vulnerability creates relatability Vulnerability creates relatability. If you're not vulnerable, you can't connect and people can't relate, right? Every single entrepreneur has gone through ups and downs, right? And we've gone through a lot of downs. Oh my gosh, it's been a roller coaster. I will be the first person to admit on this podcast the amount of times I have cried, like you can't play Titanic enough, right? (laughs) You know, like I have cried many, many, many times, right? We've been on the brink of closure a couple of times. Bankruptcy, you name it. So I will give you the most recent one, which I'm sure a lot of people out there um, had some sort of impact uh, due to the recent pandemic, COVID nineteen. We went from we literally went in one month to zero dollars in revenue. We got Overnight, into overall, just because of
0: the pandemic, you
1: mean? Just because of the pandemic, right? Well, wow. we decided to do is well. Before I get there, we went to zero dollars a month. We went into over $150,000 in debt, literally like this. We didn't know what we were going to do, right? It was so emotional. It was, it, I mean, just thinking about it right now it may make me tear up. Not, not even kidding. It was just so much happening all at once. But in life, the, what I really believe is in the challenges and struggles that we have are the greatest opportunities. You just have to keep those shutters open and keep your open mind and stay focused, right? So how do we how do we get out of that? How do we get to where we are today? Right. In about a year, year and a half, right? Number one is we got focused. When I say focused, I mean zone in laser focus, right? Number two is because the markets were changing, we were reaching out. If you guys know the business model canvas, right? The lean business model startup. Yes. We went back to that model. We brought it back up. We posted it. We got the minimum viable canvas out. We started drawing it up again. We went right into startup entrepreneurship mode. We're like, hey, listen, we're not closing the doors, right? So it's time to be scrappy. It's time to be entrepreneurs. And it's time to do what we do best, which is solve problems. We know what the biggest problem is right now. We know how to solve it. So let's get to solving it. So we ripped out that lean business model canvas. We redid everything, started reaching out to clients, started reaching out in all sorts of methods. We developed a few new reach out methods. This LinkedIn reach out method that we created was awesome. Got introductions, got feedback, made new products, made new services around e-learning, tested them, got a couple of clients kept refining them, and ultimately here we are a year and a half to two years later where we have solid programs, not just from an online course perspective, but when I say solid programs, you need help launching and building your course. We can do that in six months or less with our launch program. You need help marketing and selling a course. We have our sales and marketing e-learning simplified program. We could do that as well. We've basically productized and packaged everything based on all the results that we've been able to provide. So we went from $150,000 in debt, almost closing down in less than a year, got out of debt, was able to have a new client database, new client services, respected to all the research and the pivoting and everything that we had to do. And now here we are and we're growing and we're scaling because we were able to take all that data that we got and create high value, high ROI programs that is allowing us to scale the services side in addition to now having that online course that we're taking the market and scaling that as well. So just if you were to look at me, in december of 2020 and say do you think by 2022 you're going to be here i would say absolutely not i i i i don't know how it's just it was just so crazy right it was so crazy but it was definitely a struggle definitely a struggle big challenge um almost shut down the door uh, almost shut the doors uh so well, we made the, it through we made it i through. mean
0: this is just such an inspirational story and I love it. And I'm so happy to hear it, but I'm sure it wasn't. easy, And I'm sure I'm sure there were moments of of being very uncomfortable. And listen, the pandemic hasn't been nice to not just you, but a lot of people out there. And so, like, let me ask you this. If there was one piece of advice you would give to somebody listening that's out there that might be struggling right now, that might be, you know, going through what you went through um, and trying to figure it out. What's the one piece of advice you'd give to them?
1: Take ownership, take ownership, right? I know it feels like the world is crumbling on you. I know it feels like all the cards are against you, right? But at the end of the day, it's you, right? It's you. I know that there's a lot of things out there that are just making it really tough. But at the end of the day, when you look at the person in the mirror, that is the person that's gonna get you out of where you are right now. So let's take some ownership, right? And when I say let's take some ownership, let's also take ownership and maybe some qualities that we have, right, that aren't the best. Right. That's one thing that my co founder and I did at the beginning of the pandemic. We sat down and said, All right, we're going to take some ownership. What are things that we haven't done well as a business? Let's talk to our board. Let's hear it from our board. Let's call up people that are going to tell us the truth. Right. Let's look at each other and say, Hey, what are great qualities that each of one of us has? What are qualities that each one of us could get better at? And let's make a commitment to each other and also to ourselves. Right. And that's the big thing, right, is taking ownership. If we play the victim card, we're not going to go anywhere. And trust me, I know that there may be a lot of people out there listening to this saying, you know what, Hector, this has happened, that has happened. I've been through this, I've been through that. And I'm not trying to discount that. I understand that life is effing hard. Oh my gosh, it is hard. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it's sunshine and roses every single day. I go through challenges every single day right now. But what is one thing that I can always fall back to? What is one thing that I know that I can do that will help me propel me no matter where I am in life, whether it's personally or professionally taking ownership, looking at myself and saying, what am I doing wrong? What am I procrastinating on? What could I be doing better? Am I efficient with my time? What habits do I have? Are they good habits? Are they not habits? Are are they not good habits? If they're not good habits, how do I transform it into a better habit? And I guarantee you, as you start reflecting and writing things down and looking at your professional and personal life and how those intertwine, there are so many things you can take ownership on, just like cutting costs. You can start cutting these things and transform your life. For example, let me give you an example. When I was, when we were going through, um. The you know pandemic, 150000 dollars in debt, whatnot. I sat myself down. I'm like, I'm gonna take some freaking ownership right now. Right. And I really look back. I also lead a lot of the relationship development at our company. So I said, okay, well, what am I doing? Let me look at the data. And I looked at it, I'm like, man, I could be calling, I could be doing so many more behaviors and sales, sales activities that I'm doing right now. You know, maybe at the time I don't remember the exact numbers, but Maybe I was doing five calls or something like that a day, maybe something like that, some days even less. Guess what happened? I all of a sudden went from that and saying I can take ownership here. I was on the phone dialing, dialing partners, dialing prospective clients, asking for referrals. Every single meeting that I had, always asking for referrals. I was setting up what I call LinkedIn strategy meetings where I went through each other's LinkedIn, my LinkedIn and the other person's LinkedIn that I was meeting with. I was asking for referrals. There were some people that were giving me 10 introductions on LinkedIn. And I'm like, I am going to go crazy because I know this is something that I can take ownership. And at the end of the day, what is one thing that always saves the business? Sales. So I'm like, if sales is something that we need and we need to, we need a lot Right now, very quick. How can I take ownership to get myself out of that? No matter what was going on at home, no matter what other what what was going on in the office, no matter what was going on in the world politically or whatnot, I decided to not focus on pointing the finger and focus on pointing the finger right back at me and taking ownership.
0: Taking ownership, the hustle, the grit, the you know, the passion. Uh, and, and it sounds like you also lock that up with some nice process, and and of course the people around you. I mean, I, I, I really applaud you, and and I think your your advice is spot on for anybody that's listening out there. You are an inspiration, Hector. Thank you very much for sharing that with us. Now I have a question for you. Since you're in education, and 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 this is so something that really means something to you. What was your favorite subject in school?
1: Oh, that's a great question. So. Early on, um, I mean, maybe like so early on. So I'll say early on and why. And then I'll also say, you know, what I ended up loving, right, as well. So early on, I loved PE. Why? Because I had learning differences. And I really didn't like the classroom. And I played the victim card, right? Now, again, I'm young and I'm developing and whatnot, right? You know, but as I grew older, right? And as I was entering into, you know, high school, and then going to boarding school um, in, in in high school, there were two two areas that I loved. I absolutely loved history. History is amazing, right? And also, I love drama. I love acting. I really believe, and and I also did choir, um, and that's something that I had. And I really do believe that you as a person need to have some sort of creative outlet, whatever that creative outlet is, whether if it's, you know, music or drawing or acting or wood shop or whatever the case may be, right? Because to me, some of the best ideas, some of the best aha moments in personal or professional life or whatever the case may be, is when you're in an environment that inspires creativity, right? It also allows you to into the most beautiful thing that the mind has, in my opinion, which is imagination, right? And you get to imagine and you get to live in a different world and kind of detach. It's almost like a cleanse. So when I went into boarding school, I always loved history. That's just been something I've really enjoyed. Uh, My family is big into art and big into history um, and politics and whatnot. I mean, we're Greek you know, it's in our blood, it's in our genetics, right? Socrates (laughs) was probably a friend of my great, 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 great grandfather or something like that, right? (laughs) You know, but um, I love drama, um, acting and choir. Uh, Those were my favorite subjects, uh, because it just allowed me to access that creativity side of me, that imagination side of me, um, that play side of me, which also infused uh, my performance in all other subjects.
0: Isn't that so interesting, right? Like, so my whole world, right, is about taking music and, and the passion for music and creativity and all of that. And then, you know, marrying that together with, with business and, and driving business forward. But it's so interesting that even now, right, I'm sure that you probably still look for that creative outlet in your life somehow, some way. And you bring that, to what you're doing on a daily basis. I'm guessing,
1: I'm, I'm, I'm leading here, but is that true? That's 100% true. So especially pre-pandemic and now that it's basically post-pandemic, I'm gonna really get back into it, dance. I love dancing, right? I was part of the Greek dance team over here for over six years, right? And then also I love Latin dance, specifically bachata. Um, so I dance a lot of bachata. For those of you who don't know bachata, it's like salsa, a little slower. Instead of going forward and backward, you're going left and right. And it's a little bit more slower and sensual. Um, I love to dance. I love just that. Feel. I, I dance alone sometimes. I play music here. It's funny, you know, when I'm doing chores around the house, like I'm having a dance party. I'm sure if people are looking in through the window, they're like, what the heck is that guy doing? <laughs> you <know>? So, so <laughs> I, I, I really love to dance. And one thing as well is I love to read. Um, So I read a lot of books and a big reason why I like to read, whether it's business books or professional development books, is that, again, it allows me to start thinking out of the box and inspiring ideas. I mean, Greg, I have a whole journal of business ideas and book ideas. Oh, we'll be talking.
0: Don't you worry about that, Hector.
1: Let's go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let me ask you this. So what are the top three, you know, business insights or, you know, some sort of takeaways that you've learned that you'd love to share with listeners right now?
1: Absolutely. So here, the, here, oh there's so many, but here are the three, right? The three that I think are super important, that has impacted me professionally and personally. The sure. first one is be communicative, communicate, right? At the end of the day, your relationships with your founders, with your board, with your clients, with your vendors, whatever the case may be, that relationship, the bedrock of it is your communication, right? You know, Communicate and always be transparent. Don't try to hide everything, right? I've heard sayings like a little white lie is okay, uh-uh. In my opinion, it's not because big small things lead to big things, right? If you look at a brick building, right, it's every one brick at a time that built the whole entire building, right? You know, so you know, every brick matters, right? You don't want that building to come crumbling down, right? So be communicative and transparent. If there's something that is frustrating you, something that you're not happy about. Or something that maybe your client or your vendor is doing, right? I'm not saying go yell and scream and start drama and an argument, but sit down and have a conversation. Don't sweep the dust underneath the rug because it will come back. So always be communicative to every single relationship in your life, right? If all of you were to think of some of the best relationships that you have, professional or personal, I guarantee you that communication is spot on. When things don't go so well, or somebody you're frustrated that person or that person's frustrated you you communicate it transparently no big argument happens right you guys work through it together so communication number one number two is don't get desperate don't get desperate now there's a clear there's a fine line okay let me back up we as entrepreneurs right when we're starting the businesses, yeah we're scrambling. We're looking for that first sale. Sometimes, as we're figuring out the product or service, we're taking on everything. You know, if a client looks at you and says, "Hey, do you guys do this?" You may say, "Oh yeah," you know, we definitely do that, right? You know, which th- that is part of the entrepreneurship game—the discovery and, and and the product and the service. But at the same time, don't be desperate, right? Because desperation doesn't lead to a great path, right? Been there, done that, right? If there is, and that, that kind of connects, it's not to the third thing, but it's okay to say no, is basically what I'm trying to say, right? You have to think of the long-term versus the short-term, which is very, very hard to do many times, right? The, the short-term looks a lot more fruitful than the long-term, especially when times are tough, but always think about the long-term, right? Am I really being desperate here? Because if it is, it could lead you into a place or a path that ultimately is going to hurt you a lot more than it's going to help you. So always be honest honest with yourself, right? And ask yourself, am I being desperate? Because remember, yes is a commitment, no is a decision, right? So it's okay to say no, because the more no's you say, the more yeses you have open. And you want to give those yeses to the people and the businesses that's going to take you to where you want to be from your business and also where you want to be personally as well. And last but not least, I saved the best for last. Focus, 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 focus. I know I've been there. I've been, I have fallen into the entrepreneur trap where all of a sudden in one year, I went from owning one business to eight, right? I went from having one service to 15, literally. I'm not exaggerating, right? You know, but the power of focus, there's a saying that, that I've come up with. I'm sure it's, said, it's been said sometime out there, but I like to say that I said it first, right? <laughs> but if you focus on a million doors, none will open. But if you focus on one door, a million will open. The power of focus is so strong. And that's one thing that it's helped us propel our business and take us to the next level. Because we weren't focused, Greg, for a very long time. Here's vulnerability again. At one point, yeah, we had about 13 to 15 services. We wanted to do all for all. Every single time we saw a problem, we wanted to. It came from a good place. We wanted to help. We wanted to solve that problem for them. You know, do the grit, get through it, figure it out, help that client out. But ultimately, it wasn't helping us. It wasn't helping our business. It wasn't helping us grow. Focus. What is the best thing that you do, especially if you're a business that that is growing? Remember, you have limited resources. If it is you and five other people, as an example, there's only so much that you can take on. So growing to 30 services, it's just not scalable. It's not sustainable. You're going to start cutting corners because you're spread too thin. I don't know about you, but when I had put some butter on my toast, I wanted to be buttery, right? You know, I don't want to spread it so darn thin. I don't taste the butter, right? I love my butter right? So focus, focus, focus. What is that one service or maybe two, depending on how big you are as a company, but where do you do best? Where do you provide the most ROI? Where do your clients get the most return? And from there, you'll see yourself as your company grows, you can strategically grow that service base as well. But focus, the power of focus, one door will lead to a million.
0: One door will lead to a million. You heard it here first. Hector, I I can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us today. We could probably talk for another 10 hours on all of this because there's like so much more to talk about, but this is just the beginning. And uh, I'm so glad you're here today. One last question for you Where can people find you, Hector, and
1: your company, eLearning Partners, online? Oh, thank you so much for asking, Greg. I love building relationships. So if you go to LinkedIn, you type in my name, Hector Samutis. There's only, I think, a few Samudis out there, so I'll be easy to find, hopefully. Uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. Would we'll love to connect with you. Also, my co-founder, Johnny Havey, he's on LinkedIn as well. So if you want to connect with us, we do our best to you know, stay connected and respond to messages and comments and set up meetings. I love to set up meetings. I would love to learn about your business, make introductions for you. The second thing is, is that, Greg, we have a free masterclass a free masterclass that teaches you the three pillars of e-learning to guarantee success in every e-learning program or online course. I want to give that to everybody here, free masterclass. A way to access it is if you go to www.e-learningpartners.com. Again, www.e-learningpartners.com. As soon as you land on our homepage, there'll be a big green button that says free masterclass. So take that free masterclass also, we have a YouTube channel called eLearning Simplified, powered, of course, by eLearning Partners. We are now releasing, it used to be once a week, but now twice a week, we are releasing an incredible amount of education content. I mean, the content on there, I'm, I'm not saying this because obviously we're creating it, but we're giving away remarkable content for free. It's not sales pitches. It's none of that. It is, if you're looking to build an online course, e-learning program, we are teaching you everything and anything where you can take so many of those principles and put them into your business as well. That is e-learning simplified on YouTube. So Hector Simunas LinkedIn, Johnny Habey LinkedIn, www.e-learningpartners.com. The masterclass is there. And then of course, uh, you can uh, join the e-learning simplified, subscribe to our channel to get free content every week amazing. Hector, I I mean, you're offering free programs. You're
0: getting us hooked. I'm I'm telling you, thank you once again for joining. Really love what you are doing and what eLearning Partners is doing and wishing you only the best of luck and success. Thank you again. This is Success at Scale with Triple G Ventures uh, with Hector Samutis. Uh, This guy's on fire. I loved it. Uh, But For anybody listening, please be sure to like, share, subscribe. We are spreading the word on success at scale with Triple G Ventures. And until next time, thank you again, and we'll see you soon. Peace.